Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review. And together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. Your biggest crisis being your greatest gift. And so today we have Dr. Debbie Silber uh, on the show today. And so we're going to dive into that, just what that looks like to how how to go from your biggest crisis uh, to your greatest gift with her today through her experience. So Debbie, welcome to, or I'm sorry, Dr. Sibler, welcome to the Pencil Leadership Podcast today. Yeah, it's Silber and Debbie's just fine. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you worked for that, that uh, doctor, so I want to put it in there for sure. So um, yeah, so a lot of expertise coming uh, just from everything you've done. Uh, obviously founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, among a host of other things um, that you've you've put out into the world that you're doing. Number one best-selling book, right? Unshakable Women, The Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. Uh, so yeah, just excited to dive into this. Uh, first, I guess if you'd like to just share with people who might not know you, how how did you become doing what you're doing and, and leading into this, this biggest crisis to greatest gift topic? Yeah, well, it's my 30th year in business and as life would morph and change, so would business. So I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had a couple of my own traumas and uh, one was a really profound betrayal from my family. And I thought mm. I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. And then a few years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. So I got him out of the house and I looked at the two experiences thinking, okay, what's similar to these two? Of course, me, but what else? And I, you know, I realized boundaries were always getting crossed. I, I never really took my needs seriously. And I, I just knew something big had to change. So here I was four kids, six dogs, thriving business. I was 50 and I'm like, that's it. I'm going back for a PhD. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. How I was going to manage at the time, but I just knew I had to learn my way out of this betrayal. And, and a book wasn't going to do it. I needed like a whole PhD on it. And, uh, and it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing so much. I didn't quite understand what was happening. He was too on his own, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what mm. happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? Mm. And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my family, my life. Wow. So obviously you kind of, we learn through our experiences, right? And like kind of what we're talking about, our biggest crises can be our greatest gifts. And that's what you found, it seems like. Mm through that. So I guess, but I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't probably easy. Uh, and, you know, so the second trait of pencil leadership is that we all go through sharpening things that hurt, that take part of this way that, you know, kind of shape us, uh, but can be good in the end. Uh, so how did you start through that journey, just that transformation yourself to, yeah. you know, overcome that betrayal, that hurt to, to this healing part? You know, it was interesting because when I was looking at my study participants, I assumed, and you're not supposed to assume anything as a researcher, you know, I was new right. at this. I thought about it. I was like, well, the ones who've been the hardest hit would probably grow the least because they had the most to mm. overcome. 
That had nothing to do with it. And what I found was the ones that were willing, just willing, like to put their heads down and like not pick it up until they were out the other side. Those were the ones who blew the doors off of the ones who were uh, actually the three groups who didn't heal. So seeing that, I remember thinking, okay, I don't know how I'm going to heal from this, what it looks like, but that's just what I'm going to do. And there's just no stopping. And I, I made this vow to myself and I said, if I heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. <laughs> it just was a like kind of a knowing and, uh, and the road was really rocky, but as the, the research was proving what works, mm. I was just trying it and it did. And then, um, you know, with those discoveries, it was clear, like there was the research and I was like, okay, so you mean to tell me if I do this, I'm actually going to feel better. I'm actually you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and it worked. So I was just implementing what the research proved was working, what my study participants said worked. I didn't do what didn't work and sort of created this little combination here. That was, that was really, it just was, it was, it was just working. Huh? So I'm I'm curious now to and I'm, I've heard you know before the obstacle is the way if you can mm -hmm. use that obstacle to get to that next level or you know get to where you're going so with that you've had these obstacles these these traumas these you know betrayals mm -hmm. all this so what did you find and I know I mean you took you did a whole PhD on this so we're gonna try to cram it in but what were those things that helped you transform and get to this greatest gift yeah. Uh, well, the, the motivation behind it was I didn't have the luxury of just <laughs> drowning in it. I just yeah. couldn't. I mean, I had yeah. kids to raise, I had a business to run, I had mm -hmm. dogs to take care of, you know, so <laughs> yep. that was, that was one thing. Um, and it, it, it got me out of bed every morning, you know, and then it was, um, it really was in these discoveries and I'm happy to share them if that okay. would. Yeah, that'd be great. So, yeah. yeah. So the first one was, and this made so much sense. They all made sense. And when I show them, you'll see why the first <laughs> one was, you know, originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is if you can imagine kind of an upside of trauma, how mm. any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective you didn't have. But I had been through death of a loved one and I'd actually been through disease. And I was like, no, this feels mm. different. But I didn't want to assume that it was the same for everybody. So I asked all of my study participants, I've said, if you were, if you had other traumas besides betrayal, is it different for you? Hands down unanimously. They said it's hmm. so different. And here's why. Okay. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. Hmm. So the whole self is shattered yeah. and has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, right? Those are huge. Yeah. And so it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It was like, yeah, you need to rebuild your life, but you also need to rebuild yourself. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. That's hmm. the complete and total rebuild of yourself and your life after an experience with betrayal. So right off the bat, I saw it's a different experience yeah. coming out of a betrayal and fully healing. Mm. The second discovery, this was interesting because I realized so many people do not heal. And we found there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Huh. And we've had easily 45,000 people or so take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. A few things about that quiz. The first thing is we've all been taught time heals all wounds. I have mm. the proof. 
when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. Interesting. Yeah, because there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write yeah. things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can wow. still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know when it comes to betrayal, time may soften it a bit. It does mm. not heal it. Why do you think that is? I know or, that is because yeah. we see an unhealed betrayal show up in health, in work, in relationships. So I mm -hmm. know, you know, we know, and I'm happy to share what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and, and there are these, what a lot of people do is they think, oh, let me just go to therapy or something. Right. And that's on one level. And here's the thing too. If that therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it does more harm than good. We have a lot of people coming into hmm. the EBT Institute with therapy trauma. Wow. Um, yeah, it takes a very certain protocol, but you know, that's hitting it on one level. Betrayal hits us on every level. And so if we don't address it physically, mentally, and emotionally, yeah. we're, we're partially healing at best. So, mm. you know, you have an unhealed betrayal. I mean, we see it, like I said, in health and work and relationships, like in relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. The first way is in a repeat betrayal. That's mm. how you know it's unhealed. The faces change but it's the same thing. People say, really? the heck, I keep going from partner to partner to partner, boss to boss to boss, friend to friend to friend. Is it me? Yes, it is. Not in oh. that it's your fault. Right. Not it's your opportunity. There's a profound lesson waiting to be learned. You are lovable, worthy, and deserving. You need better boundaries in place, whatever it is for you. Until and unless you get that, mm. you will keep having opportunities in the form of people to teach you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that, that makes sense because if we continue to to be the same person, the same kind of, like you said, boundaries, same actions, same, you know, character, everything the same. Yeah. You know, the results won't change. It just, like you said, the face looks different. That's it. And so, huh. you know, and even in my experience, you know, think about it here. It was, it was the, the most important people in my life, the biggest people yeah. in my, that I gave my trust to all betrayed me, but it was in that huge uh, decision for me, which was, that's it. it. You know, I'm going back for this PhD. And it was, it was so out of my normal thinking mm -hmm. and it was so big for me, but it was one of the first things I've ever done just for myself without like, is that, does that work for everybody? Is that, is that okay? You know, <laughs> right. And, but because of it, my entire life changed. Huh. So, so it's, it's when you get that lesson, it's huge. The second yeah. way we see it in relationships is, you know, the big wall goes up. We're like, nope, been there, mm -hmm. done that. No one's getting near me again. We think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not, it's coming from fear. Mm. Oh, see it in fear. It's, you know, fear just trickles into everything, you know, everything. and like you said, that it's not safety with that wall going up. It's, it's that fear. And I think fear does so much. I mean, in health now in, in, in post, uh, betrayal transformation and mm -hmm. everything. Um, that's, it's interesting how that kind of ekes into all negativity, you know, fear is kind of always the root. I yeah. feel like, yeah, it's one of the reasons why people don't heal for sure. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, we see it in health. We see it in work too. And, uh, like I said, you know, mentioning the people who didn't heal, there were three groups who mm -hmm. did not heal. The first group, this was the group, they were numbing, avoiding, distracting. Mm. You know, like they may have, they were they were in so much pain. You know, they ran to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer or anti-anxiety medication, or yeah. they started drinking or emotionally eating. And it may have made the day a bit easier to get through, not without a price, they didn't heal. Mm. The second group, this was the group, they just refused to accept their betrayal. Like they had their story, they were sticking with it. That was it, they didn't heal. And the third group, um, I found this really interesting. This was the group 
speaking of fear, this was uh-huh. the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether mm-hmm. it was out of fear of breaking up a family, uh, financial fear, um, religious reasons, that was a big one. Hmm. They just did whatever they could to turn the other cheek, try to get over it, whatever. I saw two things with this group, a further deterioration of the relationship. And this group by far was the most physically sick. Hmm. Yeah. You're broken up to handle that. But people are so afraid of that complete and utter death and destruction of the old. But that's the only way to birth the new, Mm -hmm. whether you, you know, and rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. That's what I did with my family. It just wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new. Like I'm talking from the ground up new Hmm. um, with the person who hurt you. And, And that's what I did with my husband. I mean, it's two totally transformed people. Uh, not long ago, we married each other again. Wow. New rings, new vows, wow. new dress, and our, our four kids is our bridal party. Huh. But there's no, first of all, there's no way in a bazillion years I ever would have done that if I wasn't totally different and for sure if he wasn't either. Yeah. That's but you a- never know that until there's that complete and total crash and burn. Wow. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's kind of like you, you get the vision of like the Phoenix, you know, rising from the ashes, something complete yeah. new and beautiful. And, uh, and it, how two different stories, I mean, with your family and then with your husband, how that's completely different and how you have to navigate when can you rebuild and when you just have to kind of walk away. Yeah. Um, and we teach that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was going to say, how do, how do people know the difference or, or know which way to go with it? Yeah. When you, you know, and we teach this whole process on how do you know if, if, uh, it you you know if it's safe and if it's in your best interest mm-hmm. to just rebuild yourself and move on or rebuild with someone else. We actually okay. teach uh, it's called the window of willingness. We we okay. see like to what extent someone is willing, and then it's completely up to us because even if they're totally willing, we mm-hmm. could just have zero interest in it at all. Um, but you know we teach when to know if it if it makes at least the least bit of sense yeah. or not at all. It's it's yeah. crystal clear. Okay. Um, but but the other, you know, I'd love to share the third discovery because yeah. this was the one where this blew my mind. I mean, and in like the geekiest way, I thought my head was going to fly right <laughs> off my body when this happened. And what we learned was while people stay stuck, can stay yeah. stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do, if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome. And if we have time, I'm happy to share some of the symptoms yeah. to this healthy, whole, healed, complete, uh, completely different state of post-betrayal transformation. We're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. Huh. What's even better and more exciting about that is we even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So healing is entirely predictable. That's really cool that there is a process and, and just something kind of like the framework to get through that. Um, oh, there's a roadmap. Yeah. I'm happy to share the five stages if that would help. Yeah. What are, I would love to dive into those real quick and, and, and hear about those five stages. Absolutely. Sure. So it's, it's what we teach within the PBT Institute. It's what our certified coaches and practitioners teach. It's, it's totally mapped out in awesome. trust. Again, the five stages are in here. Um, Perfect. And I'm just going to give you a distilled version. So awesome. stage one is before it happens. So if you okay. can imagine four legs of a table, the four mm-hmm. legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was a real, me too, was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental, which is thinking and doing, mm-hmm. right? And not really prioritizing the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being. Mm. 
Real easy if a table only has two legs to topple over. Yeah. Real easy for us if we're only focusing on those two legs. Stage two, um, by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is shock, trauma, uh, D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, you've ignited the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related mm -hmm. symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. <laughs> and your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, like the rules that prevent chaos that govern you. Don't go there. This is how life works. Trust this person, you know. Yeah. And in the moment, every rule you've known is no longer. <laughs> At the bottom's bottomed out. And a yeah. new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. Mm. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of whatever you could <laughs> yeah. to stay alive, right? Right. That's stage three. Survival okay. instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. Yeah. How do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids? Right. But here's the trap. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better then the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. And because we have no idea there's a stage four and stage five, transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. So we start planting roots here and four things happen. The first is we get like those small self benefits. You know, you get to be right. You get your story. You know, yeah, you get someone yeah. to blame. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You get so many things, right? Yeah. And so you plant deeper roots here. And then the next thing happens. Now your mind, because you're here longer than you're supposed to be, your mind starts doing things like, maybe you're not all that great. You know, maybe mm. you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So now this is what you're thinking and you're planting deeper roots right in this space. Now, because this is what you're thinking, like energy attracts like energy. So now you're calling people and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is exactly where you belong. Gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because <laughs> it feels so bad, but you don't know there's anywhere else to go. Right. Right? You think this is it, and it stinks. So mm. right here, you resign yourself. You're like, I, you know, I don't know how to deal with this, but yeah. I, this is life now. So right here is where you start using food, drugs, Alcohol, work, TV, mm. keep you busy, anything to numb, avoid, distract yourself from what's painful to feel or face. So think about it. You do it for a day, a week, a month. Yeah. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out, right? You can see this. I can see someone 20 years out and say, you know, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV you're doing. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> right? They'd be like, right. that happened 20 years ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. All they did was put themselves and lock themselves into stage three. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Just kind of numbing and band-aiding the issue. That's it. That's yep. all they're doing. And that's why this book, From Hardened to Healed, it's mm. just for stage three. Wow. Because I found the five stages are obvious. Now, there's a roadmap, but everybody was, was landing in stage three and staying there. And I'm like... States threeers, I'm coming for you. They need their own book. So <laughs> right. anyway, man, if you are willing, willingness is a big word here because many people mm. are not willing to let go of the story, the small self benefits, everything you get with the grief, more than the loss, bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. 
Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I control what I do with it. Mm. And when you've made that decision, you start to turn down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you've been doing in stages two and stage three. You know, what's interesting about stage four is I always use this example of if you were to move to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff isn't all there. As, you know, it's like, you, and, and you don't, but as you're moving in, you don't necessarily take everything with you, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, you right here, you, you've outgrown them. You don't take yeah. them with you from stage three to stage right. four. And this happens all the time. People say, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're <laughs> undergoing a transformation. And if they don't yep. rise, they don't come. Exactly. Very common. And, and so as you're making stage four, mentally okay this in this new space mm-hmm. you start to move into the fifth most beautiful stage and this is healing rebirth mm. and a new worldview awesome. the body starts to heal self-love self-care eating well exercising you didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier you're surviving now you do right your mind starts to heal you're making new rules you're making new boundaries just based on your experience and you have a new worldview based on the road you just traveled. And the four legs of the table in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. And that's, and I, yeah, I can see why so many people get stuck in that survival once they get through the first two stages and can't even get to the adjustment and then healing. And so what you've done here is breaking it down and, and through your books and everything, uh, Wow. So that that's, it's just cool because so many people probably have this trauma that they don't even realize. And so what are some of the symptoms? Maybe people might not realize that they're experiencing because of betrayal um, that they can be aware of now. Yeah. So, so, you know, every few months I pull the stats from the post betrayal syndrome quiz and this is, so now we have men, women, just about every country is represented figure 45,000 people. These are the stats. Ready? Mm -hmm. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers. These are the most common physical symptoms. Ready? 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. That's how you know your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. In the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. Mm -hmm. 45% have a gut issue. And that's anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea. It doesn't matter. You name it. The gut is definitely acting up. Mentally, the most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. Hmm. 68% are unable to focus. 64% are in shock and 62% are unable to concentrate. Wow. So imagine you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted and you're supposed to work. Yeah. That's not even the emotional ones. Ready? (laughs) Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. And it is really Hmm. common to go back and forth between the two. Hmm. 82% 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed. A few more. Here's why I wrote the book Trust again. Ready? 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% mm. find it hard to move forward, and 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Oh, uh, wow. 
So there's a lot to choose from there. And so, yeah, I think just being able to get on this path of healing and this transformation that you've set up for people is just phenomenal. And so uh, it's, you've given so much good valuable insight within this post betrayal transformation process. So I, I, I thank you for that. The kind of last thing and I'd love to hear from your perspective before we kind of wrap things up is so the fifth trait of pencil leadership is that everyone's created to leave their positive mark on the world in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I kind of know what yours is, but I'd love to hear kind of just from your words when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your positive mark is? Yeah. You know, as, as AA is to alcohol, the PBT Institute is for betrayal. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're doing it, which, which is amazing uh, to see and just be connected now with you and be able to continue to watch you. You make such a big impact and, and hopefully people listening uh, can realize maybe they're, they're dealing with some of this and can come, you know, seek help and, and seek healing through your program. Um, and so we can just be, you know, a little uh, pebble in the, in the, in the jar of people healing uh, through this episode. And so I, I appreciate you, uh, Debbie, being on Pencil Leadership today. Uh, as we wrap up, where can people go to find uh, out about what you do and connect with you? Yeah, the best thing for them to do is to take the uh, healed or hardened quiz so they see exactly what stage they're in. And they can just find that at healedorhardenedquiz.com. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, guys, definitely go take that quiz. Uh, just figure things out and get connected with Debbie and just so you can get through this program if you need it. Um, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, share this with somebody, share this out to your communities. You never know who might be struggling with uh, these betrayal traumas. And so we can make a difference together uh, by sharing this uh, out into our communities. So again, we can all make a difference together in such a simple act. So again, uh, Dr. Silbert, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.